Welcome to the Ministry Marks Podcast. I'm David Haynes. And today I'm joined by Thomas Majors. Thomas, today's topic is about walking in the Spirit. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I, I want to begin with maybe just describing uh, the Godhead. And we know that God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're, they're all of the same substance. They have, they're without division of unity or substance. They are one. The only difference is how they relate to mankind and how they relate to one another. So one of the tasks of the Holy Spirit is working in the believer's life. We know that from uh, Paul's writings in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. He says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. There have been times in the Bible where the Holy Spirit moved in a person's life dramatically. I mean, one such case of that would be Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch. You could say the Holy Spirit was moving dramatically. He was there at a place, and then all of a sudden he was gone from that place all by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit moving in his life. But that doesn't happen every day. Most of the time, we are talking about being led by the Spirit. We're talking about walking in the Spirit. But really, what does that mean? What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Well, I think some people have argued from the past and argued from that passage of Galatians 5.16 that walking in the Spirit is obeying the moral law of God. They would say that when a person is understanding God's Word and they're striving to live out God's Word and the moral law in their life, then they are walking in the Spirit. I disagree with that. I don't think that's necessarily what Paul is talking about in Galatians chapter 5 when he's talking about walking in the Spirit because of the comparison that he's making between the the fruit of the flesh, the, the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. He is making this comparison and he's giving this idea along the way that the Holy Spirit can work in our life personally. Personally, he works in the believer's life. And so that means he works in my life and it means he works in your, your life. So he is, he is doing something and we are being under the, being filled with the Spirit and walking with the Spirit. I think, I think they might be related. What, what do you think? Do, how, how do you view the filling of the Spirit? and walking in the Spirit. I agree with what you're saying. In a previous podcast, we had mentioned what some of the some of the old preachers used to call the, the unction of the Holy Spirit. And I think those are similar, walking in the Spirit and being filled in the Spirit. Um, being filled with the Spirit, I think being filled with the Spirit uh, maybe highlights of walking in the spirit, maybe maybe walking in the spirit, you can't look back at the end of a of a six month period and and specifically identify. But walking in the spirit maybe is something that you did, and then maybe the filling of the spirit when you were personally filled with the spirit in that occasion, in that time period, for that purpose, for that moment, that you can look back and say, hey. I remember, I remember what God was doing in my life right then, right there. And maybe that's being filled with the Spirit. 
when you're looking at what Paul is writing in Galatians chapter five, and he's talking about the spirit and walking in the spirit, my, my favorite way of saying that is not walking in the spirit, but it's staying in step with the spirit. That, that's what I really like staying in step, stepping along with the spirit, because it is a walking. It is a moving through life with the Holy Spirit's influence over our life. The way I tried to explain that, okay, I'm going to try to paint a picture for you, okay? I have nothing here in front of me. We're going to try to paint a mental <laughs> Go ahead, Bob Ross. picture, okay? <laughs> All right, do you remember, you're about the same age as me. Yeah you're, yeah. you're like way older than me. Yeah, I was born in April of 1980. When were you born, Thomas? August of 1982. Oh, young pup. <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember some of those commercials, uh, not commercials, some of the cartoons cartoons when we were kids where it would show like this cartoon character and they would be sneaking through a house and they're tiptoeing along and unbeknownst to them there is a person that slips in behind them and then almost step for step they make the same movement so if one picks up their left leg the other picks up their left leg and they're just walking almost in sync with one another and when the person thinks hey somebody's behind me and they turn around the other person turns so that you yeah, know what i'm talking yes about. yes i do that for me that is the best picture of what it means to stay in step with the spirit of walking in the spirit it is the holy spirit being so in tune with the holy spirit that he is guiding our steps, that when one moves, the other moves as well. And so the walking or the, the filling of the Holy Spirit, I believe we're always indwelt by the Holy Spirit. If a person is a believer in Christ, then they are always indwelt. We have, as I heard a preacher say not too long ago, uh, we have all of the Holy Spirit that we will ever have. From the moment that we are regenerated, we have all of the Holy Spirit that we'll ever have. The times where His presence is overflowing in our life are the times where the Holy Spirit has more of us. Then, uh, so so it's about His control and about His uh, His movement. You got a question? I can see it on your face. Yeah, well. Well, I, I have a statement. I, I agree with what you said. I think Second Peter chapter one points out that we have everything we need for life and godliness, for eternal life and godliness. But you're right; there are those special times where where the Lord has all of us. And Thomas, in in our lives, whenever because you and I do the work of the ministry, you and I do the work of a pastor, we do the work of an evangelist. There are times where where I can look back and we can see that we were walking in tune with the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, just a, a few weeks ago, our associate pastor and I, Mark Robinson, and I were going to go out and make a visit to a family uh, that has been coming to our church. And um, and I have some history with this family, with some aspect of this family. I know some of the family members. And so we got the meeting set up the previous Sunday, whenever this family was at church. We go out, we knock on the door. They invite us into their home and we were able to sit down in their home. And I like to, I like to ease into 
just spiritual matters. Because I know if I'm in their home, home, I'll be able to ask them really anything I want to ask them. And so as I'm there, I'm just telling a little bit about Trinity Baptist Church and myself as pastor and Mark as associate pastor. And, uh, and then I asked, always ask visiting families, do you have any questions about our church? Do you have any questions and as soon as I asked that, uh, the man who was in his early 40s said, yes, I do have a question. I said, okay, well, what's that question? He said, man, how can I be saved? And I said, <laughs> dude, I said, that's the perfect question. I said, I was going to ask you that in about 10 minutes. If you've ever been saved, we get a Bible. We walk through some passages in the New Testament. He placed faith in the Lord. As we left there, Mark said, our associate pastor said, wow, that was definitely in the will of the Father, that was walking in the Spirit. This was the right time for the right place. So I think that's one aspect where maybe we see it more than others because we're doing the work of the ministry, and serving the Lord is the work of the ministry. So we get to see it sometimes day in and day out. Just a moment ago, you said that we do the work of the ministry, we do the work of the pastor, we do the work of evangelist, and I was thinking, and we are the chief baby bottle washer, and we are the uh, custodian, and we, we take the trash out. <laughs> That's Absolutely. the life of a pastor, right? It, to do it, 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 it to do be all beat. of it. When you're trying to describe to someone walking in the spirit, now I've I've used one of my illustrations that I use to to describe that. What are some ways that you describe walking in the spirit, or or is there certain terminology that you like to use? How, how would you explain that to someone if they were uh, asking you? Okay. I, I and had, I am asking you. Okay. Yeah, right. I understand you're asking. Yes. So I had one of those instances uh, Wednesday afternoon. So we are, we're recording this podcast. Today is a Thursday. I had, I had one of those instances Wednesday afternoon. So now let, let me tell you, let me tell you kind of what was surrounding it. I was preparing a message to preach. I, I love walking in the spirit is, 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 is readily done when you're reading God's word and examining scripture in my life. I feel that some people might say, Oh, I got glory bumps or I got goose bumps or whatever that is. And I think sometimes that is kind of the, the feeling that or the terminology that someone might use to describe maybe what I'm talking about of being filled with the Spirit, and we're discussing walking in the Spirit. So <clears throat> always, I try to always have my Sunday morning message ready Wednesday before I leave the office before Wednesday night prayer meeting, because I preach uh, that I preach Sunday morning's message, Lord willing, every Thursday somewhere. It may be at the nursing home this morning, I went to uh, the Dewalma County Jail. I went to the jail. Thomas, I had something happen this morning that I, I, I've never had happen, never in my life. I, I didn't get to preach the message I planned to preach, just to make a longer story shorter. Um, I didn't get to preach that message. Uh, we went to the jail this morning. I was going to the jail administrator, and I say, hey, I go there the third Thursday of every Thursday, uh, the third Thursday of every month. I say, hey, is today, is today a good day? And she said, yeah. I said, I, I want you to preach. I want you to be careful. I said, what do you mean? She called a person's name. I said, I don't know who that is. And she said, hey, he's, he, he's rough. She said, he has been in solitary confinement for a, an extended period of time. He, uh, he murdered someone four years ago. She said, he stabbed the person 67 times. And she said, this guy is, is the baddest of the bad. She said, he is the worst we've ever had. And she said, he's been in solitary confinement. She said, but a pipe just burst. And she said, he is in the day room, which is where I do my, my monthly services in the day room. And she said, watch him. She said, he'll hurt you. And she said, he'll kill you. 
if he has a chance, he'll kill you. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, I think I'm, 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 I'm pumped. Um, let's go. Yeah, let's, that's right. <laughs> and uh, I'm not pumped. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared. I ain't even going to lie to you, man. And uh, she scared. said, uh, this is who he is. And uh, she's do not let him behind you. Which our social pastor, Mark, goes with us. And, uh, and so Mark was with me. And Mark said, I got you back. And I said, you maybe have to have my front. <laughs> you know, you, you watch whatever side you got to watch. But anyway, the gentleman did not participate in our Bible study. Now he was within within earshot. He was either in a uh, he was either in a in a bed. There were men in a bed uh, in beds in the day room. He was either one of those guys, or he was just off the day room. But he was in an open area where he could have heard us. But we only had two come to uh, the Bible study. And if there's a larger crowd, larger is six to ten. Smaller crowd is one or two. If there's one or two, I sit down and I just open to the passage I preached the Wednesday before. I just finished Bible study in Second Peter, quoting Second Peter, and I just walk through those opening nine verses, Second Peter. If it if it's a larger crowd, six to ten, then I stand and I preach Sunday morning's message to them. So I kind of let the Spirit lead in which way I'm going to be doing that. So in, in preparation for what I had planned to preach this morning, and I will preach, Lord willing, Sunday morning at Trinity Baptist, as I was preparing that Wednesday, man. I was reading through scripture and we're going to be in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And just for a little bit, I'm going to be able to talk about the resurrection. And as, and as my mind was going to what the Lord is going to have me to share Sunday morning about the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord, man, I'm telling you, it was just like, it was like, it was like, hey, we've done a podcast on the glory of the Lord. It was like the glory of God was just right there in the room with me. And I'm getting, I'm getting up close and personal with the glory of the Lord. And I feel that, that God has led me to a direction in this sermon that I don't know that I would have come to in a logical progression of Scripture, but God has led me to this thought, and I think it is going to bring glory to the Lord. And I felt just for that for a little bit like, man, I'm right. The Spirit of the Lord is definitely in this sermon prep time for what God is going to be doing in my life. So that's what happened, Thomas, with me yesterday, where I really feel, man, I was I was seated, but I was walking yeah. in the Spirit of the Lord. Yeah, so when I'm thinking about walking by the Spirit, and and I'm trying to, one of my favorite words for that, I usually do not use walking in the Spirit or necessarily under the influence of the Spirit, even though I believe that's a biblical way of thinking about that, under the influence of the Spirit. Because what does Paul say? Be not be drunk. Be filled with wine. Yep, yep. Which, uh, which leads to dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do not be under the influence of alcohol in such a way, but on the contrary, be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Be, uh, we've all seen the product of alcohol in someone's life, how they are controlled by that substance when it enters their body. And basically what Paul is saying, and that's the very same way, be filled, be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Those aren't my favorite words, walking in the Spirit, influence of the Spirit. My favorite word to describe the Holy Spirit's presence in our life is sway, to be under the sway of the Spirit. And I think I've said that before on the podcast before, and I'll, I'll say something like, well, when you're under the sway of the Spirit, or I'm under the sway of the Spirit. So that's my, that's my favorite terminology, and it's not anything necessarily significant about the word sway. So, okay. so Thomas, for all the hipsters out there who watch The Flash, in The Flash season five, Nor from the future comes, and Shway means 
means cool or sway means cool or rad or hip and all that kind of stuff. We're not talking about what Nora talked about in the flash. <laughs> no, 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 we're not. Uh, we're so, talking about sway. S W A Y. Yeah. Is it not how she spelled it? I may I be saying know. it in a I different don't... way. If you don't watch the flash season five, what is no. wrong? You don't watch secular television. I don't. I you forgot know about that. that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. So now that I've, that I've educated Thomas in, in, future terminology from the year 2029, they're going to be using it to you to mean sway or mean cool or rad or hip, as we say. So now. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not what sway. I mean. So sway, I mean, just a basic definition of sway is to be under the direction or control of something else. I mean, we talk about, well, we want to sway this person's decision. We want to sway their mind. Or another way of defining sway is what happens when the wind blows, right? I mean, you when the wind blows and then there's a, a leaf that begins to react and it begins to sway in the wind. I really came across that that word in a book, and I'm a, I'm not a heretic, okay? I promise. You know it's going to be good when you begin this, right? Uh, Rudolf Bultmann has his New Testament theology book. I first kind of came under that that terminology with Rudolf Bultmann's book, New Testament Theology. And he uses the word sway, the free sway of the spirit. That's, that's the phrase that he uses. And man, I just, I just started thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, that, that really resonated with me. We are under the sway of the spirit. Now I'm going to do a little bit of eisegesis here, okay? <laughs> Oh, don't we all love eisegesis? Eisegesis isn't good hermeneutic, but it's good preaching. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you remember when Jesus is talking about John the Baptist and he's talking to the Pharisees and he says, you know, what did you go out there to see? Did you go out there to see a reed swayed by the, by the wind? To see a reed, some translations say swayed, some say shaken by the wind. Uh, but but that's, a, that's an idea that uh, the Holy Spirit works in our life. And I'm using it in a different way. I kind of use that as an illustration, but I use it in a different way. We are to be under the sway of God's pneuma, his breath, you know, as the Holy Spirit, as God breathes on us, his Holy Spirit. We are to respond sensitively to the Spirit in our life. We should be similar to that leaf being swayed by the wind, we should be so sensitive to God's God's will, God's purpose in our life that the Holy Spirit is able to move us in the direction that we need to go. We need to be under the sway. And so that's that's really how I like to describe walking in the Spirit is being under the sway of the Holy Spirit. He has direction. He has control. We are so sensitive to any movement that he may give that that we respond appropriately to that. So that's how I would describe uh, walking in the Spirit. Do you know when you're walking in the Spirit? I feel that you do. Yeah, I believe a person can know. And hey, going right along, I think you can know whenever you're quenching the spirit. Uh, maybe what you'll be talking about about sway, the opposite of that would be quench. And we've all we both heard uh, Tommy Vincent preach that message about not 
quenching, quench not the spirit of the Lord. And, and, and maybe that walking in step and sway with the Lord is not doing anything that would quench or cause him to not have influence over our lives. I think God allows things to be that the, the feeling, but getting beyond the feeling, I think God allows your path to prosper. He makes your path straight and you can see ministry doors of opportunity that are open. People maybe that you never thought you'd be able to minister to, you're able to talk with them. You're able to see them heading in the direction of the gospel. Maybe it's an unbeliever who is, who's, who's heard, but they have not placed faith. And you're able to see the wheels turn in their mind. You know that you're in the right place at the right time when you're walking in the spirit of the Lord. Maybe that's it. Now go ahead, Thomas, yeah, ask so your question. How do you know when you're walking in the spirit? That was the question that that I'd ask you. And I think one of the simple ways of knowing that is from Galatians chapter five, the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit will be evident in our life when we are walking in the spirit. When we are under the sway of the spirit, then we're going to produce that fruit. It's going to be things such as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, uh, gentleness, self-control. It's it's going to be those things. And and so when we are walking by the Spirit, we're going to have that evident in our life. And when we're not walking by the Spirit, if we're not walking in the Spirit, we're walking in the flesh. Then we're walking in the flesh. Yeah, yeah. You, and there, I don't, I don't believe there's, um, I, don't, I don't believe there's overlap. I don't, I don't think you can walk in the flesh and in the Spirit. I think it is an either or. You can walk, you can walk in the flesh, or you can walk, or you can walk in the Spirit. Yeah, I agree. And there's 15 of the the walking in the flesh, the fruit of this the flesh uh that uh and and they are contrary to everything that is part of walking or, or the fruit of the spirit. All right, let me ask you something about the fruit of the spirit. Uh church member asked me this about 2 months ago. I had never I had never heard this, but he had been previously taught this idea and and I wonder what your idea on it is. He was taught, or someone taught him. He did. I don't think he agreed with it. But he asked me if I thought the fruit of the spirit, if that's an individual thing that should be in our lives, or if the fruit of the spirit is corporately and within every church, there should be people who have the fruit of the spirit, uh, and that a person only has some of the fruit and may not have every aspect of the fruit to to say, well, I have this fruit of the Spirit. You have that fruit of the Spirit. There's no need in me working toward these other fruit because I'm blessed in this way. You're blessed in that way. And we come together corporately and encourage and exhort others through our fruit. Have you ever heard that talk that it's not personal, it's corporate? I have not. Uh, but I think he I think he's talking to the individual person. I would have to do an exegetical study to determine that. All right. Now this is uh this is almost completely off subject. Okay, well that's fine. That's okay. Yeah. Because we hit the publish button. Hey, corporate is gonna go crazy whenever you ask me this, obviously. So <laughs> we're talking about being uh, under the sway, the influence of the spirit, 
can a believer be possessed by an evil spirit? Oh, can a believer be possessed? You know, I hear, I think I'm asked that question about once a year. Someone will ask me that. Halloween? And, uh, and it might, might be around the Halloween area. My answer is no. A Christian cannot be demon-possessed. Uh, why is that? I, why is that? The Lord Jesus teaches us that that greater, uh, hey, hey, he is greater, he is stronger. Jesus teaches that for a for the Lord greater of the house. Greater is he who is, who is in us than he who is in the world. And who is in us? That who is in this is the Holy Spirit of the Lord. So we're possessed by the Holy Spirit. We are possessed by the Holy Spirit. And that, and that's kind of what I was I was getting at is that you know people tend to look at possession of evil spirits in one way and then influence of the Holy Spirit of another way. And and for me, I think if we're going to use terminology, then let's use the same type of term, yes. terminology. I believe that we are possessed by a uh, holy, a holy spirit, spirit, not, not a demonic an evil spirit. spirit. So, yeah. if you want to use that terminology, and if you want to use the terminology of of sway or walking, then you could say that the people in the uh, in the New Testament were under the sway of an evil spirit. Or, for us as Christians, we're under the sway of a holy, the holy spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit of the Lord should influence our daily lives. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're living, it should be under the influence and the direction of God's Spirit. Thank you so much for joining us on the Ministry Marks podcast. Please join us again. Mm-hmm.